0: Good morning, everybody. We've got a lower trade. in The grain market's here early on Friday morning. It is 6.30 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures down 4.5 cents at 5.68 and a half. January soybeans down 7 at 12.58 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat down 6 and a quarter at 8.13 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat down 4 and three quarters at 8.22 and a half. December spring wheat is down 4 and a quarter at 10.12 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Leave me a rating or review if you are watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, like these videos, help me to grow this channel. If you need some additional assistance from me, go to my website. It is www.standardgrain.com. Click on Grain Marketing Plan. Check out my subscription service this weekend, guys. $49.99 a month. A ton of information from me uh, canceled absolutely any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Won't try to sell you anything else. Check this deal out. The United States is considering what uh, President Biden is calling a diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Olympic Games in Beijing. The reason, uh, potentially, for this diplomatic boycott is China's treatment of its Uyghur Muslim minority community. Uh, there's been talk about this deal for years now. So back in 2017 in the name of, of like terrorism, China essentially sent up set up what they call internment camps. These are camps where they send these uh these uh, Uyghurs and they are subject to a lot of different things. Uh reportedly forced labor, reportedly forced sterilization, reportedly um all sorts of rape and torture and and terrible terrible, terrible things that are carried out by the Chinese government. Uh, uh, facts regarding that sort of stuff is they're very, very difficult to come by. Journalists are not allowed access. Um, the it's it's like there's there's details that will emerge from time to time, but you don't hear a lot about it. And even when the media reports this, like you see, um, you'll see the headlines from abc or nbc or whoever and they don't really talk specifically about what these human rights violations are but there are there are essentially like i don't know i don't think i'd call them slave camps but they're camps they're re-education camps in china and um the biden administration is is uh, as a result of this considering a diplomatic boycott of the olympics so why do i why am i talking about this at the top of the grain marketing show right um There is some chatter that a potential Olympic boycott would taint U.S.-China relations and in some way hurt our export program. Is that something to be concerned about? I really have no idea, but this is a big story. Um, I think that the, the details regarding an actual boycott, it would work something like this. The U.S. would still send athletes but they would not send officials. Um, government officials would would not be involved. So it's an interesting situation. I don't know exactly how this plays out. I mean, the human rights violations in in China. I I don't think they're up for debate. I think that the scale and scope of what's actually happening there is up for debate because there is so little in regard to details. I mean, you could spend hours on the internet scouring different articles and reports about what's what actually happens uh, in China uh, regarding this particular uh, uh, ethnic group, but uh, it's, it's an interesting story, and I don't know exactly which way it goes. Soybean exports uh, sales remain generally soft. Now we had a decent week last week, 1.4 million. Um, that was up on the week, but still down about 20% from the prior four week average. So total accumulated soybean sales for the marketing year. I mean, we're still down 32% from last year. Um, so you sift through all the talk. I mean, I'm talking Olympics today. Yesterday, I was talking rumors of of more Chinese buying, which is totally uh, conflicting with the Olympic story. But in any case, I, I guess the, your best game Is actual sales and shipments, both of which are terrible. So, um, you know, USDA projects again that export sales are only going to, or export shipments rather, in total are only going to decline nine and a half percent this year. Sales are down 32 percent. Shipments are down like 30 percent from last year. Uh, We're not going to catch up, I don't think, um, barring some big, big time resurgence in the export program. Now, corn sales uh, were not good. Uh, yesterday either uh, for the week down 15% on the week down almost 20% from the four-week average corn sales in general though are are good I mean we're we're only six and a half percent behind last year we've got all the potential to meet or exceed USDA projections with corn sales Uh, wheat sales are a little bit behind probably where we need to be in general U.S. oil refiners have um or will have some more time to prove compliance with the nation's biofuel blending laws. The EPA proposed yesterday plans to give refiners more time to prove compliance for uh, last year and for this year. So that was seen as maybe kind of a negative for corn, mar- the corn market yesterday and for ethanol. I mean, short term, this is not going to have an impact. I've talked at length about the strong ethanol margins, the big ethanol production. That's not going away anytime soon, but these policies um, in, in this sort of thing could have a longer term implication. Uh, this is an interesting story jet fuel made with soybean oil may qualify for a big uh, government tax credit US lawmakers are apparently considering a bill that would allow soybean based jet fuel to qualify for a big-time tax credit that would be a huge win for uh, biofuel uh, the environmental groups are very much against this they're they're against largely anything that's like a food for fuel type deal they're they're largely against ethanol they're largely against uh, this sort of thing but the White House has this target, they want to lower aviation emissions by 20% uh, by the year 2030, so they've got you know, several years to do this, but um, uh, they've got to do it somehow, and biofuel groups have essentially argued that it would be impossible to do this without ethanol or uh, soybean oil-based fuels. So that's interesting and a potential positive big picture. Crude oil trades into some fresh multi-week lows this morning. Your January WTI contract was into the uh, 70, below $76 now, $75.87 in the Jan WTI. Um, the U.S. is in discussions with China, India, Japan, and South Korea regarding the release of oil reserves. OPEC has no interest at all in increasing production. Um, they remain generally concerned that the economy is fragile. I think what their real concern is, is that these global governments killed demand for their product last spring, and they're still mad about it, and they don't want that to happen again. When oil prices went negative, that was a bad deal for OPEC. Uh, They do not want to see a repeat of that. So the crude oil market under some pressure, uh, certainly at least partially because of of this talk of uh, the release of reserves. More Fed officials are leaning toward an earlier interest rate hike. The Chicago Fed president, uh, Charles Evans, he's one of the more dovish policy members out there, uh, typically. Typically. And in regard to inflation and rates, he said yesterday, I wouldn't describe it as a hair on fire situation or anything like that, but I have to admit it's gone on longer. Things are not quite as clean as I was hoping for. Patience is hard, and there might be a little bit of movement sooner than I'm thinking, or it could just be that I'm flat out wrong and need to move. Um, This interest rate situation is extraordinarily interesting uh, to me. Real interest rates in the United States and in many countries around the world have actually been negative for years. Um, When I say real interest rates, what I mean is this. So the rate of interest on, say, a 30-year treasury note is, what, 2%? The rate of inflation six percent. So the way you get your real interest rate is you take your your policy rate minus uh, inflation, and you get a negative number. So this is part of the reason why we have inflation to begin with. And and this is not the short term deal. The short term deal is logistics, supply chains, all of that. But longer term, I mean, why do asset valuations go up and never go down anymore? Why does why does real estate go up and never go down? Why does the stock market go up and never go down? It's because real interest rates are negative, and they have been for. 12 or 13 years meaning that uh even if you hold some sort of treasury instrument whether it be a bond or a note or whatever uh you're actually losing money you're losing buying power every single year because the inflation rate is higher um than the actual rate of interest so um the Fed's got a real mess here. They could raise rates to from zero to two percent. They could go to four percent, and you're still going to have a, a a negative real interest rate. And that's part of the reason why asset valuations are are at where they're at. These big banks um, and, and even individuals can borrow money for either nothing or for uh, an extremely low borrowing cost and buy an asset like the stock market or real estate or farmland or whatever. Um, it's it's one of the more interesting dynamics in the economy right now. In the outside markets here this morning we have. Uh, the U.S. dollar is higher. The s and is down about nine points. The Dow's down about 200. A little bit of correction there. Bonds up almost a full handle. Gold and silver mixed. We've got crude oil down two and a half bucks now at 75.90. Uh, cattle was higher yesterday. We've got cattle on feed after the close today. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Everybody have a great weekend. I'll talk to you guys Monday.